I'm going to be talking about Paul's testimony this morning. And if I could think of one person whose story was, a, was totally different from Paul's, it would be Brother Allen, all right? And, and he's, he's going to share just a brief testimony of, of his walk with the Lord this morning. And I hope you are encouraged to do the same because over the next couple of weeks, I'd love to have some volunteers that want to share their testimony. Um, the reason uh, I say that they're different is because all of our stories are unique. Every person who comes to know Jesus Christ, your story is unique to you. So, Brother Allen, if you would share your story, we would greatly appreciate you. I was, Brother Chad called me and told me that uh, he had been looking for some volunteers and could not find none. And I think I was voluntold that I was going to be doing this. But uh, I just found out. All right. Uh, I just found out by listening to uh, Pastor Pals that uh, I didn't put my name first. <laughs> so, I am Alan Seals. And uh, this, this is my story. I have always been a good kid by worldly standards. Never really did anything real bad, or if I did, no one really knew about it. <laughs> so... Uh, but I always believed in God. I mean, that's, I'm, I've always grown up believing in Him. But one day, uh, I'd say probably in early teens or pre-teens, I, uh, I heard about Revelation and uh, the end times. And I was almost certain that Jesus was coming back now. So I asked a lot of questions and I got saved. But now, looking back on it, I think it was just fire insurance because I didn't want to go to hell. And uh, I continued on like that, still being a good kid, but I couldn't, you know, years later, I couldn't remember when I got saved, how old was I, what day was it, that life-changing experience that you're supposed to go through. I, I couldn't remember any of that. And so a lot of years later, in 2013, after some uh, revival services with uh, Brother Calvin Crow listening to him and uh, he talked about the fruit of the spirits and the fruit of the spirits are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control and I got to thinking about it I was just angry a lot of times I stayed angry I just didn't feel like I was loving or joyful peaceful uh, really just didn't feel like I was kind uh, it was real easy to snap at people. And uh, so that got me thinking. And uh, after a deep conversation with uh, Jennifer, my wife, and I'm sorry how this sounds. It makes you sound like a horrible person. But after the conversation, I realized how low and ugly and pathetic I really was without Jesus. I'm not saying that you said those things about me. <laughs> but our conversation got me thinking about it. And uh, even though I was always a good kid, I was nowhere near the glory of God. So on October 20th, 2013, I knew that I needed to be saved and baptized for salvation and not fire insurance. And I did. And from time to time, I still mess up, but I try and live my life striving to do God's will. And that's it.
Amen. I'm thankful to know Alan and Jennifer. Thankful to, to, to be able to call them friends and to see what God is doing and, and will continue to do in their lives. Um, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22, as I said, our stories are different. Every believer in Jesus Christ comes to a place in their life in a different way. God approaches them through the Word, through the Spirit, through other believers uh, in a way that is unique to them. Alan's experience was one of, I'm not that bad a guy, but I know I need Jesus. All of us in here, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are or have been, we need salvation through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, in the converse of, of Alan's story, you have a man like Paul. Paul was just a bad dude. He was just, he was just horrible as far as uh, the things that he was doing and, and uh, uh, the way he was persecuting the church. But after Paul came to know Christ, he was able to tell his story over and over and over again. And I want us to look at his account in Acts chapter 22 in particular um, and talk about how Christ impacted the life of Paul after he had encountered Jesus. Stand with me if you will as we read Acts 22. We're going to start in verse 4, read down through verse 21. Again, Paul telling his story uh, before the believers here. He says, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest bears me witness. And all the council of the elders, from whom I also received letters to the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring in chains, even those who were there to Jerusalem, uh, to be punished. Now it happened as I journeyed and came near uh, Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all the things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. And I saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. 
So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death, and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Father, I pray that like Paul, we may be able to unashamedly stand and proclaim our story. Lord, I pray for each person here. Lord, that if there's any here who do not know you in a true and personal way, Father, that they may come to know you before it's everlasting too late. I thank you for the stories that we have to share, the great gift of salvation given to us through Jesus Christ and His blood on Calvary. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. An important thing to understand about Christ impacting our lives, about an encounter with Jesus... An important thing to get hold of is the changes that take place in our life. Now, He restores us through through salvation. He puts us back in the place where we need to be. And I'll explain that simply by saying this, that as the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid the wages. He, he uh, He paid for us with a price on Calvary, and then that begins to change us uh, as, as people. But one of the things that we see is that he, he changes our actions, He changes our attitude, but a lot of times He takes the person that we are and simply puts the strengths that we have on the right track. And the first thing I see in Paul's story here is how God took Paul and He channeled his ambition. God gets hold of you. If you come to Jesus Christ, you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. You trust Him with your eternal salvation. The Bible says, uh, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Well, we understand that to mean a new destiny, a new, a new heart, a new compassion, a new strength, uh, fruits of the Spirit, as Brother Allen indicated. But a lot of times the strengths of our personality are the very things that God uses. Paul was an ambitious guy. I think it's fair to say he was ambitious. He was was fired up about doing whatever it was he was doing. He was eager. He says here in his own testimony that that I went to to persecute the way uh, to death, binding and delivering into prison men and women. There is persecution going on in the world right now. You turn on your news. Uh, Now, now, I I don't want to make light of that, but this is... For some reason, the news has got hold of this now. But the very same thing you see going on in Iraq right now where Christians are being persecuted and driven out and beheaded and everything else, this very same thing has been going on in in North Africa in the Sudan for, for decades. And for some reason, we've never seen it on the television news. But, but we see this on the news, and I'm glad we do. So, so now the rest of the world might become aware that Christians are still persecuted today, just as they were 2,000 years ago. Paul was one of those persecutors. Paul was eager to track down these followers of the way however he could. But God did not erase his eagerness from his personality. He reformed his eagerness. He redeemed his eagerness. He he took that fire that Paul had within him for the wrong things and he focused it on the right things. See, because here's something you can see about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was dedicated to telling his story 
to everyone. Now, I, I, I believe that when Paul was, was killed for his faith, that they probably had to beat his tongue to death so he'd stop talking about Jesus. I mean, he was, he was that kind of guy. He wanted to tell everybody he knew about Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 26, he stands before King Agrippa. And he knows King Agrippa and he knows that King Agrippa is familiar with the Jewish ways and the Jewish customs and all these things. And he starts with that and he tells them, he tells him about Jesus Christ. And King Agrippa catches on and he says, Paul, are you trying to convert me? Are you trying to win me over to Jesus Christ? Paul says, not only you, but every person here. I wish they were just like me apart from these chains. That's boldness. That's eagerness. That's a willingness to stand firmly on the, the, the truth that you know and tell the story of Jesus Christ. When he received a vision from Macedonia, uh, you remember that story. Paul and his, his, his folks, they wanted to go into to Asia Minor and he said that the Holy Spirit would not allow them to go into Asia Minor. And that night he went to sleep and he had a dream of a man over in Macedonia saying, Paul, come over here. And guess what he did? He put a research committee together and he studied the uh, cosmology of that place and the demographics and tried to figure out who lived where and what the mean income was and, and, and how... No, you know what he did? He got up the next morning and he went. He got up and he woke his, the guys up that were with him. He said, guess what guys, I had a dream we're going to Macedonia. He was that kind of guy. He was eager. He was eager to do what the Lord had called him to do. God had channeled his ambition. He was still an ambitious person, but he was eager for the things of God instead of the things that were opposed to God. He was determined. He went to the elders for letters uh, and he didn't take no for an answer. When he was persecuting the church, he was knocking on the door of the, of the synagogue saying, you want somebody to go kill Christians? I'm your man. You want somebody to go arrest Christians and bring them to jail? That's me. You got anything you want me to do to help out with this? Sign me up. He was, he was determined to do that which he had, had, had decided in his heart that he was going to do. And again in Scripture we see that he was still doing this. But for the Lord. When God sent him to minister to the Gentiles, we see Paul on these missionary journeys doing various things. At one point, he's, he's making tents. He's working his way through on these missionary journeys. He didn't wait for anybody to back him up. He didn't wait for anybody really to tell him it was okay. He just went. And he said, if I've got to stop and make a tent or I've got to do something along the way to earn my, my, my wages to get to the next point on the stop, that's what I'm going to do. When is the last time we said, God has changed my heart so desperately. He has, he has got hold of me so, uh, uh, so greatly that I will stop at nothing to tell others about Jesus. Paul was determined. God took that ambition that he had and he channeled it for the things of the gospel. We see this in his tendency to talk people back toward the gospel. Paul was just an amazing guy when it came to that sort of thing. When you read the, 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 that book of Acts and you read the letters that Paul wrote, he would take these arguments, he would take things that people were squabbling and fussing about, and he would always bring it back to the cross. He would always turn it back to the cross. 
We get in so many squabbles and discussions and disagreements on things that don't really matter and miss these opportunities to bring them back to the cross. So Paul was eager. He was determined. God kept that in his personality. You know, God did... did it's okay to say wuss. He, God didn't make him a wuss. He didn't make him a wimp. I, I believe that in the church today, we have so weakened what it means to be a man of God that, that we've missed the boat. And you know what? We're missing men. We're missing winning men. To, and I'm not knocking our legs. I, I mean, I, I believe the Lord wants to win everybody. But I believe we've got so touchy-feely and, you know, just kind of... Now, I'm a crier. I'm an emotional guy. But I'm a man. And I believe that God calls men to be men. He calls us to a place where we are to stand our ground. We are to take upon our shoulders the responsibilities of our families and the responsibility of the church. And we are to be bold in our faith. And when it comes time to stand up and testify of who Jesus Christ is, we ought to be at the front of the line. He ought to have to hold us back from telling people who Christ is. Paul was determined. He was ambitious. He was eager. He was bold. He walked up in the middle of Mars Hill. He walked there amongst all these philosophers, these eggheads that were talking about everything under the sun. And he just started laying out Jesus to them. He said, you've got an idol over here to the unknown God. Guess what? That's the one I've come to tell you about. The very God you don't know is the very God that came to earth to die for your sins, to pay the penalty that you could not pay, that you might be saved. In the midst of the Ephesians, he stood there, the, the, the church, I won't get into a whole history lesson, y'all know I like the book of Acts, but, but, the book, but, but Ephesians, when he was there at Ephesus, he stood among the Ephesians and he proclaimed the gospel. Well, some guys got mad because he was cutting into their, their, uh, their money. Because there were guys there who built idols to, to, to Dionysus, to, I'm not Dionysus, to Diana in, in that particular place. And they, these guys got angry and a riot started. But Paul did not back down. He was going to tell people about Jesus. We need people that will stand up when it's not popular, when it's not acceptable, when it's not common. We need to have people that will stand up and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I won't turn this into a political thing because uh, I, I don't agree with a lot of things in politics. Uh, but I had the opportunity several weeks ago to hear Bobby Jindal speak. I don't agree with some of the things Bobby Jindal does. I do agree with some of the things he does. But I appreciated this. When he had the opportunity to stand before a group of, of ministers and, and talk, he didn't talk about politics he didn't talk about the, the legislation he wanted passed. He didn't talk, you know what he talked about? He talked about how he came to know Jesus Christ as a child, as a young man, I should say. He simply shared his story. Church, we need to understand that this is the priority, that God channels our ambition. Whatever kind of personality, if you're, a, if you're a, you know, and I said this in Sunday school, everybody's not cut out to stand up in church before a group of people and share your story. All of us just aren't like that. Unless God tells you to, then you better do it. All right? But all of us have a story to tell. 
And if we're telling that story one-on-one with a coworker, we're telling that story to our children, to our grandchildren. We're telling that story to our spouses and to our cousins and to our extended family. We're telling that story uh, to the people that we, we become friends with in, in the marketplace or whatever. We should be telling our story. You don't have to stand up as Paul did before a group, but you need to tell your story. God channels our ambition. He puts that focus on the things of the Lord. Uh, Brother Bill Galloway was my pastor. Uh, Brother Billy used to put it this way. He said, when I got saved, I could still have anything I wanted, but God changed my wanter. You know, I like that. You know, that, that I could still do whatever I want, but God changed the things that I want because I want to be a part of the things of God. He channels that ambition. Secondly, we see here that He changes our attitude. Paul was still Paul. But he was a better Paul because he had submitted to Jesus. Think about that for a second. He still had these character traits. He still had this eagerness and this determination and this boldness. But it was better because he had surrendered all those things to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in his Damascus experience as he's talking about what happened to him there. Look how his defiance turned into submission. He was going. He was on fire. He was going into Damascus to arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem that they might face the penalty for their blasphemy for calling this man Jesus the Son of God. And he was going to drag them back by their hair if he had to. And Jesus shows up and boom, he's on his knees. Yes, Lord, whatever you say. Do you understand that? Do you understand what kind of change takes place in a person for them to go from this defiance, from this uh, just arrogance to, to kneeling before God and saying, whatever Lord it is that you want me to do, I just need to do it. When you go from standing and spitting in the face of God, telling Him what you're going to do, to kneeling before Him and asking Him what you should do, you know that you have been changed. Look at His interaction with Ananias. This is a man that a few days ago he would have killed if he had the opportunity. But Ananias comes to him and prays over him. And tells him that God has chosen him. That he should know his will. That he should hear the voice of his mouth. Here's a man that a few days ago, Paul would have gotten a chokehold had he had the opportunity and now he's allowing Ananias to put his hands on him and to pray over him. That's a change of attitude. That's a change in, in the heart that says, I see people differently than I once did. Paul, who stood by, by his own testimony here as Stephen was murdered, Read Acts chapter 6 and 7. Understand what that means, that Stephen was stoned to death for his faith. And Paul stood there approving of what was going on. Paul stood there watching the blood of Stephen run out onto the ground as he was stoned to death and holding the coats of those who were throwing the rocks. I can just see the sneer on his face as he, under, as he in his heart knew that he was doing the right thing. But God all the time was telling him, you're doing the wrong thing. And here, instead of being a part of something horrible like the death of Stephen, he's a part of something wonderful. 
he submits himself to the Lord. And the Lord changes his heart. And a lot of us would like the story to end right there. A lot of us, we're okay with Jesus coming in and saving us. We're okay with Jesus coming in, making us look at things a little bit different. But once we know the truth of God, guess what? We're accountable. Once we have heard the truth of the gospel, once we have accepted the love of Jesus Christ and we have been forgiven of our sins, we are accountable for our actions. And that's the last thing we see in Paul's testimony here is that that God challenged his actions. Yes, Paul had an encounter. Yes, he understood Jesus in a different way. Instead of seeing him as an enemy, he saw him as a savior. But that was just the beginning of the story. See, when I come to Christ, when you come to Christ, that is the start of something. Yes, it is the end of something. It is the end of the old way. Old things have passed away. But behold, all things become new. God leads us in a different direction. He moves us by His compassion and by His Spirit into a different life. And Paul knew that he was the least likely one to be trusted. Look at his own testimony here. The Lord spoke to him and said, Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they are not going to receive your testimony concerning me. And, and Paul says to the Lord, Everywhere I go, they know who I am. Every synagogue I go to, they know that I have been there and that I have persecuted people. He knew that he was the least likely person in the world to be trusted by Christians, yet he went. We read back further back in his story, he first went to Jerusalem for approval from the, uh, the, the apostles there and such. But, but understand this, that he knew he was least likely to be trusted. He knew that ministry to the Gentiles was against his upbringing. But he went. Do you ever consider that when you read the story of Paul, that Paul was brought up in such a strict guideline, such a strict set of rules that said you don't eat with that person, you don't talk to that person, you don't go in that person's house, and all of a sudden God says you're going to go eat with that person and talk with that person and, and sit in that person's house? Paul had to unlearn everything he had learned since he was a small child. And he had to trust Christ for the outcome. A lot of us need to unlearn some of the things that we've been taught since we were young that we might allow the Lord to challenge our actions to those who are unlike us, to to reach out to those who are in need. But not only did he go. See, Paul's life was so changed, not only did he go to the Gentiles, but he fully embraced his calling. You read Paul's letters, you read Romans, you read 1 and 2 Corinthians, you read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, you read these letters. Every letter Paul starts out with, with something along this line. He starts with this greeting that says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He identified himself with Jesus. Church, what is your story? As an individual, what is your story of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because it's unique to you. And you may be sitting here this morning and and you may be 
as Brother Allen had shared, you may be able to look at and say, you know, I don't remember ever really coming to know Jesus Christ. Just kind of, he just always was. I want you to search your heart this morning and say, have I come to a place where I've submitted? Where I've said, Lord, take my life. Use it as you see fit. The Bible says that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead, that I shall be saved. Because with the heart man believes under righteousness, with the mouth confession is made into salvation. When is the last time you confessed Jesus to somebody? When's the last time you told your story? 